All right, guys, our next guest is set to take on Paulo Costa at UFC 253 in a fight the fans have been salivating for. Not only is he the UFC's middleweight champion, but the cover athlete of EA UFC 4 and the pride of New Zealand. Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, back at it again with that fresh new hair. Welcome back to Super Radio. How are you, man? I'm gravy, baby. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. So the pink hair, you told us last time you were thinking of doing it, and we have to ask, is this uh, Super Saiyan God, which is red in the show, or is this Super Saiyan Goku Black, which is his exclusive, uh, exclusive pink form? Which one do you reckon it is? Well, well, I'll tell you one thing. I had none of those in mind when I did it. <laughs> Funny thing is, sometimes art or life imitates art in a special way. So, you know, black hair, normal. Then I went blonde, Super Saiyan. And then now Super Saiyan Rose. And... I saw Diamond, Blood Diamond, my teammate at King of the Ring with his blue hair. Mm. And instantly I was like, because I was blonde then, I was like, okay, I'm going to go blue. But I want to do pink first. And then it wasn't until later on people kind of like let me know and that, oh, fuck, he's going, you know, in order of the Super Saiyans. And I was like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so I wasn't planning on it, but sometimes life just imitates art. <laughs> Are you shocked by how much of a big deal people make of the hair? This is uh, there's like big headlines. People freak out about the pink. Yeah, I think it was the first the first two days I was like, really? And I saw a meme from um, one of the pages on, on Instagram. I think the Strangle Squad, like, oh, Sean O'Malley dyes his hair. Rainbow Norm bats an eye, but Israel dyes his hair. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know what kind of man gets emotionally triggered by another man's hair color. So that's not me. I promise you me. <laughs> yeah, the fight game is an interesting yeah, one. Oh, hey, nice. there he is. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was going to ask, man, just while we're throwing our Dragon Ball Z uh, and anime or Anon characters out there, uh, if you and Polo Costa were Dragon Ball Z characters, which would you be, do you think? Which uh, would you choose? Uh, him out of camp would be Majin Buu because he's fat. <laughs> I, I put him as that. He's Majin Buu. Um, right now, I'm on my... My kid boo stees a little bit, to be honest, but I don't know. Yeah, kid boo, and he can be Majin boo. All right. I thought Broly for sure, but okay, I see. I see. Look at that. It's all right. <laughs> right there. Flex from John. We're doing. Look at oh, that. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> nice. 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 So, <laughs> yeah, we want to ask you about the whole CKB setup. We'll ask you about that in a second because I know you. I know you're living on a mattress and training. That is, are you actually essentially sitting on your room right now? Yes, this is where I'm. This is where I'm at. So I was on that pink mattress, the one just right there, for a little bit on this hardwood floor. Oh. I was feeling all nostalgic about being back with the boys and just being in the gym and living this lifestyle again, like I did in China. But then on the third day, when my right cheek was numb, <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah, fuck all this shit. I already, I know what it's like to be struggling. I've been here. I don't have to express to myself how humble I am. So I just said, nah, get the the nice queen-size mattress and bring it in so I don't sacrifice my sleep for training. This is um, this is crazy. This is. I wonder how people will look back on this years from now because this is what you hear about fighters who are young and up and coming and broke and starving. It's like I used to sleep on on gym floors, but you're the world champion. You're a successful, wealthy guy, and you've kind of gone back to that. I wonder, like, how much of it was the COVID thing, and how much of it was just like I just want to have a Spartan mentality and just remove all distractions from you know for this fight. I'm just going to move into the gym. 
No, it was definitely the COVID thing. The COVID thing was the catalyst for it. But I'm so happy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm considering now. Like I like this this whole thing with the camp. I think we need a dorm for CKB. So mm. it's got my head. It's got my head rattling with some um, ideas. Cause yeah, I like the vibe with a select few killers. You know, rather than just having the public. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love having the gym. You know, open to the public and mingling with the public and stuff. But Definitely, I like I like training with specific people, and just that camaraderie we have when we live together. Like, there's been no beef, there's been no dramas, no nothing. It's been over a week, and we've all just been having a swell time. Is yeah, it's it's just in the trenches. Let's put it that way. We're in the trenches as brothers. Mm. Look, you know we're going to be real with Israel, so we have to ask the obvious question: bunch of guys living under the same roof. Is there a masturbation station, like a designated one, or is it just like a leave a sock on, <laughs> oh, on, on the... Oh, with Diamond. Fuck, with Diamond when you need him. Is there here. a roster for something like this? One <laughs> thing. <laughs> when, I, when I bunked with Diamond in China, and I think we had about one, two, three, there was a room with four people and two bunk beds, I probably developed like eight to ten different ways of masturbating covertly. So, <laughs> and they have no own- idea. That's why you got the camo on right now. That's <laughs> a Jasmine, Jasmine T-shirt. I saw a girl, but um, yeah, there's ways, there's ways, there's many ways to skin a cat, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at more skin, skin your skin yourself. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's talk about the fight for a sec, because obviously right now the location is undetermined. But, you know, the rumors are that it's going to be on Fight Island. And a lot of people have sort of brought up uh, that there's sort of a big deal between Vegas and Fight Island because it's a different sized octagon. And I'm just wondering, you know, how much do you guys even think about that kind of thing? And is it really a factor that you guys even factor in looking at this fight? Fuck no. I mean, everyone... Yes. So some people are so dumb. Put it this way: the the the, the kickboxing um, ring and glory is way smaller than the smallest octagon the UFC have. And I fought a world class guy who does what? Those body shots, those <laughs> walk me down, and those leg kicks. Same style as Paulo. I fought him in that and was able to use footwork to dance around him and and stick him and. The, the, the ring as well, the kickboxing ring, has corners that's easy to, easier to track you in. People say, oh, this small cage is, is better for it. I'm like, no. Look at what I did in a small cage last time I fought in a small cage. I toyed with the guy for five rounds, you know, and there was a beautiful display of technique, skill, footwork, grappling, everything. So I don't know what people, the casuals, I think it's just the casuals. The casuals are the ones that are like, oh, fuck, it needs to be in Vegas so he can't run like, bitch, I'll dance circles around him and stick him at the same time till he bleeds to death. Yeah, because we were talking to uh, Coach Eugene Behrman, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, you guys have fought similar guys to Polo Costa before beating them, and this is nothing new for you guys. When it comes to Polo, I mean, is he even the best version of that kind of opponent that you faced? Or when you think back to it, I mean, you faced so many world-class guys. Would, would he be sort of down the bottom of that ladder for you? That's a good question. No, he's good at what he does. Like, he's very imposing. He's got his size on him. And he, he, he marches people down and just beats them up against the fence. That's that's his game. 
But oh, fuck, it's such a cliche to say every fucking fight. No, I've never faced anyone like me. <laughs> he hasn't faced anyone like me. Like he's only beat two guys that are ranked. I beat like four or five guys that are ranked. Even six, maybe. I don't even fucking lost count. But you know. Love you, person. Bye, person. Tell him back. Marry me! Marry me, person! Marry me! Oh, Shane Young! Kekba, please marry me, Kekba! <laughs> I guess it's official. <laughs> See you at the wedding, Israel. He's, he's that guy. Oh, sorry, I came for something. Oh, yeah. What a legend! Fuck, he's a, he's a he's a machine over here. Like, honestly, I w- fuck. Whenever you watch, because we've been playing Call of Duty and some other games, and watching him game, I'm just like, you need a switch or Twitch or whatever they call it. Mm. And he said, like, yeah, I've been thinking about it, but I just know my first stream, I'll say something that will offend someone. I'm like, true, but it's just because of the climate of fucking social justice we're in right now, and people get so easily offended that he's funny. He's he's just funny. Like, yeah, he's bands. Having him around is just comic relief 24-7. Yeah. Shane Yang's a good dude. He's a, he's, he's a very good soul. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, just like on, on styles, you know, you're known as a fighter who's very obviously technical. You set traps, you sent feints and all this kind of stuff. When you look at Costa's style, is he in some ways like, I guess, everything that you stand against as a fighter from a striking perspective, almost an antithesis um, in that sense? I would say so. I would not say so. He, there's some stuff that he does that I look at him like, oh, that's pretty cool. But hmm. it's not many. It's not really like many, but there's many things that I do that I'm sure he is amazing. You watch him when he watches me fight. He says the other guy's going to beat me. And when I beat the other guy, he gets on mad. And then, oh, come, I want to fight you now. Knowing that nothing's going to happen because there's security around, but he wants that hoopla. Um, you watch, if you watch. He loves watching me fucking, like, when I walked into the, the cage at uh, UFC 243, when I was entering, he was just smiling the whole time. That's how I like my fans to be. I like <laughs> to create entertaining moments for my fans to smile at and feel good inside. So I gave that to him. You're fucking welcome. Um, but, nah, there's nothing that he does that I'm against. I just think he's he's gotten so far to where he is with good basics and a little bit of luck, but we all have that in our lives. Put it that way. Mm. I mean, he likes to uh, criticize that fight that you had with Yoel Romero, but I'm just wondering, what do you, what did you think of his performance against Yoel? Obviously, it was a close fight. It was a war. But then there's also areas where, you know, Yoel was able to land quite a lot of shots and, you know, also got close to winning that fight as well. I saw, well, I, I gave it to Polo just just by a fucking hair of a chinny chin chin <laughs> but, um, yeah i don't know just i just saw after the first round they both just gassed and then they'll wait for about two minutes explode for about 20 seconds and then rest for about another minute and a half and just yeah flat-footedness but a really wild strikes being thrown which can catch you if you're not paying attention so yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm, I'm wondering when, because the thing is, you guys at one point were just sort of contenders on the rise or, or prospects almost on the rise. And then at some point you guys saw each other as like, all right, I know you were on the show and you predicted after I think the Tavares win that Paulo was probably going to be next or the winner of Paulo and Uriah Hall. But when was the turning point when it turned from competitive to actual bad blood and more of a rivalry? What, what exactly happened and triggered it? Oh, since then, like, I don't want to say it's bad blood even. I've just, I, when I watched him beat you, Brian, I remember I, there's a picture online on my Instagram somewhere. I was standing up looking at him, but it wasn't me looking at him. And there was this kid who took a picture and put it on Reddit, and he was trying to get my attention. But the whole time, in my head, I could hear him, but I couldn't focus on him because my, my attention was focused on Paula the whole time. And then backstage, when I finally came to... I was doing an interview with Brett, and he came to do his interview with Brett when he was like six feet away from me. And I'm looking at him the whole time, talking to Brett, and he wouldn't look me in the eye. He just, just like I said, just looking at the wall, just finding any reason to avoid me, knowing who the fuck I am, knowing I just whooped ass that night before him, and he just, and when I be talking shit about him, he just looked at the wall and just ignored me, and then I was like. He likes to act tough when there's people in his cameras there, but if me and him run to an elevator, I get I guarantee you he'll face the other way or he wouldn't step in the, in, in the elevator. Like, it's just because there's people around and there's cameras and he wants to I think we lost you there for a second, Ezra. I think uh, I think you might have a finger on the mic. Yeah, there we go. You're back. Yep. My bad, my bad, my bad. I did have my finger on the mic. Sorry, boys. All good. What'd you hear last? No, we, we we caught it. It was just a little bit muffled. I think you were just saying that when the cameras are on, he turns it on, and then when there's no yeah, one... Much. But for me, you can... Huh. I don't want to say too much. There's people... There's people that can't talk about how I've checked them. Fuck. Even the Italian, he knows. Last time he saw me in Vegas with no cameras around. And he came... Yeah. I've said too much. Don't worry. <laughs> well, let me let, let me ask you, man, because the sports center thing, I guess, was the first time you guys were, I suppose, on the same call and sort of being able to go back and forth. What was your, I, I suppose, uh, thought on the Polo Costa we saw on ESPN the first time you guys were able to speak to each other? Were there any takeaways for you from that whole experience? Well, him trying to flash the camera with his bitch tit. <laughs> um, fuck, I didn't like the way they cut that at the end because they ended the interview and then... I left because the interview was over. Not like I just packed up and left. Cause I was like, wait, they edited that wrongly. They didn't show the bit where the presenter was signing off. And then they cut to me and him talking shit. And I was like, right, I'm not going to argue with this dumbass all day. Peace. Mwah, love you. Blah, whatever I said. Um, but yeah, it was all good. I just think he's... I think I'm under his skin already. Not really think. I know I'm under his skin already. And I don't mind. I kind of wish this was... What's, what do you call it? Uh, BC, before Corona. Mm. I wish it was BC because that way it would be a press conference around different countries or different different cities. And I could see him face to face and I could actually like give him shit and really dig under his skin. But he's not very, he's very easy to get under his skin. So, yeah. I said what I said, you know, even before the interview kicked off when I saw him initially. I asked him a few questions that he couldn't really give me a, a, a straight answer to. So, mm. What kind of stuff were you asking him? Last time he got tested. 
<laughs> what did he say? He couldn't give me a straight answer, put it that way. Hmm. Man, that's what they oh, should have included. Twice in the last three weeks, twice in the last three weeks, I got tested at night because they tried to catch me off guard. So it was the first two times, or the first time they've ever tested me at night. And yeah. So, you know, I actually, where's your, where's your t-shirt? I've been tested over over 30 times, or almost 30 times. But where's your t-shirt? I, I know what it's like in, in, in um, I'm from Lagos City, Nigeria. I know what it's like in, in certain countries where money talks, where if you flash a gun, people act a certain way. I know what it's like. And you've heard stories about Brazil with people rolling up to gyms to test people, and then they're not complying because of certain things. But, yeah, I just know what it's like. But I don't mind. I just like bring that up because I want, I want it to be known. Because I said, on record... I'm going to pop him before Usada pops him. So I'm going to beat him. And then when he gets popped by Usada down the line, be like, yup. I still whooped his ass even when he was on steroids. That would make a great story. In the division itself right now is more exciting than it's ever been. We've got Jack Hermanson taking on Darren Till. That just got announced. And then you got Robert Whitaker versus Jack and Aaron. One hell of a fight as well. It's almost like a mini tournament. I just want to get your thoughts, man. Who do you think is going to end up coming out on top and being next for you after you're done with Paulo Costa? Mm, don't know, to be honest. Um, I hope Cannonier beats Robert because I want a new body. Um, Jack Hermanson and Darren So I don't really mind too much, but I'd like Darren to to get that one done. But he didn't really get it done against Robert. It was a good fight, close fight, but you know I think maybe the takedowns gave it to Robert. Who knows? But yeah. The Jack Hermanson and Darren Till, I don't really mind. But the Cannoneer, I hope Cannoneer whoops his ass so I can... I want to fight that guy. I like him. Um, same with Darren. But also Jack Hermanson, I like to fight. But I really want to fight Darren one day in the O2 or in Wimbledon. Mm. Like, that'd be that'd be a good excuse to go to England. <laughs> go sip some tea and crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> Does he still DM you, Darren? No, nah, we haven't talked in a little bit, but we're cool. I mean, we know the game. Like, Darren is a guy, I'm not going to act like we have beef. But when, we're, when it's time to fight, I will fucking, I will embarrass him. Yeah. But right now, we're, we're uh, you know, he's cool. And I'm cool. We're cool. Yeah. Everyone's cool. All right. We'll let you go yeah, in a sec, cool. Israel. We don't want to chew up your whole day. Um, but I was wondering, like, you know, the, every every fight has a narrative. You know, there were the, the early ones in your career where you were climbing the ranks. Then there was, you know, you beating Rob for the belt. Romero was you calling out the scariest guy in the division. In your mind, seeing as obviously you you got the movie in the works one day about you, what do you mm-hmm. think the narrative is for this fight? And I'm also wondering what, what would be the bigger relief for you Assuming this fight goes perfectly, would it be adding another defense to to your reign, or would it be putting that Romero fight behind you? Because I feel like it's just been hanging over your head ever since. No, really not. The Romero fight doesn't even play a factor in this. But um, shout to Cameron as well. Hey, he's a native Australian, but you know he resides here now. Nice. He's one of us. We can't have him back. <laughs> He's like Russell Crowe. We'll take him when we need him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all that shit. No, but I'm okay. The narrative for this fight. The narrative for this fight. Uh, it's it's what the last fight should have been. I wanted a mean, scary dude who looks the part that all these casuals that are influenced by Hollywood and TV believe is what a bad motherfucker is supposed to look like. 
sort of do, do stuff uh, you know perfect antagonist and the last fight unfortunately the antagonist didn't antagonize he just stood there so it didn't really end up the way I wanted it this fight is going to be that because this guy's going to antagonize and he, he looks the part like I said that's the perfect Hollywood movie it's David and Goliath story this kid who still a dweeb with pink hair comes in and hold up all right and then um as bro Wallace Walker Wallace in the house nice <laughs> um what was I saying yeah so the perfect antagonist um yeah and it's it's what the last fight should have been and it's gonna push me into the next level of the stratosphere the way I finished this guy because I'm telling you I had plans for the last fight man I really I put I put it I put, I put my money where my mouth is put it that way, allegedly. But you know, yeah. uh, things happen. Things happen, and this fight is going to be what I expect it to be. It's not. I've never been in the boring fight in my life. You know, that was my first one and last one. So this fight, I'll pick up where I left off. I needed a, a dip in my story, and that was a dip in my story. So now we move on, on and up. As we let you go, Israel, what do you think fight week's going to be like? We saw a bit of a preview of Sports Center with the two of you guys kind of going back and forth. What do you think the fight week's going to be like, being around each other? Uh, I guess quite a bit. He's probably not going to have enough energy to do shit. He'll be sucked down, dry, <laughs> to the bone. He'll probably be pretty quiet. I'm assuming, or he'll say something and then shut up. But if we run into each other, I don't don't care. If he wants to throw it out, we can throw it out. I have my whole crew with me. I have a, I have a, I have a gang gang with me, but We saw half of them just in this interview. Mm. Shane Young, jumping out of people. <laughs> you understand? Like, I've got the gang with me. So if he wants to try something stupid with old um, white glasses and fucking cringe king, whoever else, bring it. <laughs> my gang versus your gang. <laughs> but I'd rather whip his ass in the cage, so he better not try something stupid. Mm. Do you think there's a chance that he might not even make it to this fight? I know uh, Cannoneer has don't put up his hand as a back to the put that in there. Don't put that in there. It's out there, man. I can't take it back. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's factors. Obviously, COVID's a big one. Brazil is a nah, is a tough nah, one with that. Nah, he's making it to the fight. They always have money talks. There's always ways. Yes. <laughs> I know what it's, I know how how countries like that run. I know because I'm from a country like that, very corrupt. So money talks. They'll make it to the fight no matter what. All right, well, for now, Israel Adesanya takes on Polo Costa, UFC 253. I mean, who are we kidding? It's got to be Fight Island. That's September 26th, 27th in Australia and New Zealand. And, of course, he's not going. Bynes could be in there. Could be in Auckland at that gym. You never know. City Kickboxing is representing on the card as well, of course, a momentous occasion for the team and a historic night for Australasian MMA goes down, UFC 253. Of course, follow the man at Style Bender. He's always got the great commentary during the fights. More combos than a Burger King is what you can get from his social media. Israel, <laughs> thank you so much. I was going to put something different on there, my, <laughs> but I opted not to. I, I feel like when you watch it. the fights, you're like, what could, because I think everybody wants to get up on the screen, right, with something cool. That was my first tweet when I was like, because I posted before, and then I was like, let me see if this will work. And they put it on there. I was like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Well, we can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks so much for joining us, man. All good. See you out.